Welcome to episode number 69 of the Speaking Podcast. You'll find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com. We also have the Awakening Podcast, Learn Polish Podcast, and the Meditation Podcast at roycollin.com. Today, my guest is from Glasgow. Please welcome Kyle Morta. Is that how I pronounce it? That's how you pronounce it. And you got the city right as well, Roy. Definitely not Edinburgh, Glasgow. That's exactly, the one. <laughs> exactly. And I, I was thinking I should uh, maybe get a translator today because an Irish guy speaking to a Scottish guy, some people will struggle <laughs> with that one. We need an intermediary, don't we? We need exactly. something to help us out. <laughs> maybe we can use our phones and just do it that way. Exactly. We love the translator up. So I know that you've won the speaking uh, championship for the Ireland and the UK recently. Yeah, so in May, I won the evaluation. Um, there's a few different contests. It's, a, it's an organization called Toastmasters. I presume you're familiar with that, Roy. Yeah, I'm actually for, a DTM. For your viewers, that's, oh, you're a DTM, right. Brilliant, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Well, for your viewers, that's a place where people go and practice public speaking, and they do a range of contests. Some are just speech contests, where you do a seven-minute speech, and then others are evaluation. And the evaluation is the one I won, where you literally evaluate a test speaker. You say what the speaker did well, what they could have done better, and the best evaluator uh, wins. So that's the one I did, yeah. What? Because, I mean, I've been in a lot of competitions as well. And what I found, it's okay at club level being an evaluator. But when you're an evaluator at, like, division, district, because the speakers are really brilliant. It is hard. I mean, so, mm. you know, that's not an easy task to win something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, you can look on it that way. It can be. But then at the same time, because the speakers are a little bit more experienced, it's more challenging to pick things out. So then the other evaluators might not notice that as well. If you see a, a bad speaker, for instance, I mean, sometimes it can just be all over the place. You know, there can be so many different things and then it becomes hard to choose. But when you've got a good speaker, then you can, it's really clear what needs to be just adjusted slightly. So positives and negatives to both. And do you have a strategy? Because I know some people have a strategy of just kind of watching the body language. What's your strategy when you're an evaluator? Of course, yeah. So I, I do a lot of webinars on these nowadays. People come and ask me to do them. And I really break it down to four key parts. You know, I think you need a strong hook for the start of your evaluation. You need to do or say something compelling, maybe something profound, maybe something funny is a great way to open a, an evaluation, I believe. Then, of course, you need to move into the strengths. And it's all about getting to the why, right? So if someone, if you think a speaker has great body language, that's great. But you've got to tell the audience, you've got to educate the audience why that's important. So having an open body language is good because it makes you appear confident to the audience, you know? So that's kind of part of my strategy. And then for the recommendations, it's all about demonstrating, you know, not just saying you could have improved your voice, Roy, actually showing you how you could improve your voice by varying it more, by speeding up a little bit or slowing down, you know, showing the speaker the way forward. And then lastly, ending with a, with a bang, ending with a, a take home message, not just saying, I look forward to your next speech, but actually leaving with something which is going to be remembered. So that's kind of my strategy in 60 seconds. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. That's yeah, excellent advice. And how long are you in Toastmasters? I think it'll be three years this month. Yeah, okay. three years this month. Uh -huh. yeah. So I, I, started, I started in the same club I'm in now, um, Central Toastmasters. We are in Glasgow. 
right in the center, funnily enough, by the name. And it's a great club. We've got a lot of good speakers in there. So we're always helping each other and we've done very well in the competitions over the past, over the time I've been there anyway. Very good. And um, I know you've written a book and it's obviously about speaking, I presume. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've written a book called The Five Pillars of Effective Public Speaking. I should have really brought it. Give me one second, Roy. I'll, I'll bring it over. One second, sir. Here we go. Hang on. Just like magic, it's there, you know? <laughs> yeah, so it's this book here. It's the five pillars of effective public speaking. So outside of Toastmasters for the last two years, over two years now, I've been running my own business called Confidence by Design. And I help, you know, organizations and professionals improve their pitches and presentations. And this book is, is part of that. It's part of my business. And it's all about helping people develop their skills through the five fundamental skills, which every great speaker has. And, and that's what the book encompasses. And I brought it out just last month there in September. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So you might give us a quick synopsis on the five pillars, what, what they kind of entail. Yeah, absolutely. So number one is body language. Like we mentioned before, it's very important in terms of how you're coming across. You can either look really nervous or you can look very confident to the audience. The second pillar is voice. So depending on how you use your voice, you either you know, put people to sleep or you keep them really engaged and the book goes through that. The third one is structure. And do you see structure as quite being very important, Roy? I know a lot of people have different opinions on this. I think, like you said, I think when, when I'm doing a speech, get them in at the start. And mm. for me, it's also making sure who you're talking to and connecting. But like there's times I will wing it and somebody pulled me on it recently. We had a, a meeting and someone said, yeah, you do a speech, no problem. In five minutes, someone says, do a speech, I'll do it. But they said, you'd know you're winging it, so you should structure it. And I did the last speech and they said it was my best speech. So mm. it is important to have structure. Yeah, and it's kind of linked in with planning as well before you even start speaking. And I think that's something people neglect a lot. So that's why structure is probably the biggest chapter in the book. And it kind of talks through exactly what you need to do, you know, from the start of the presentation to the most important part, which is the very end. And the last two pillars are clarity. You need to make sure you're conveying your information clearly so the audience can take it on board. So there's about seven different strategies on how to do that. And the last one is impact. If we don't, if we, the whole point of speaking for me anyway, is to cause action, right? We want to speak so people do something afterwards. If, if nobody does anything after, then I see it as a failed presentation. I think it's very black and white. And that's what that last chapter is all about, all about making sure you're having an impact when you do deliver your message. No, I absolutely agree. And like my other podcast is The Awakening is where kind of mm. I'm exposing corruption and fraud, but with solutions. And the journey is I'm telling people you need to be a good public speaker because to get your message across, because sometimes people have all the energy, they have the willpower, but they can't get that impact or the call to action in the end. Mm. And it is so critical to you know get, get a movement, basically. Absolutely. I mean, you can have, you can have a message which could literally change the world and perhaps you have guests on your podcast who have that message but if they can't convey it in a compelling way it's just not going to resonate with people and that's where speaking is so important 
Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm looking at all the beautiful trophies behind you. They're fairly impressive. <laughs> Are they all from the evaluation or have you done other competitions as well? I have done other competitions, but they never let you keep any of the trophies. You know, it goes around every I'll year. These are, yeah, the evaluation, the evaluation ones this year. But I've done the, the humorous speech before. I've done the table topics before. I've done all four, but the evaluation is the one I've got the furthest in so far. Um, and my girlfriend only lets me keep them there. She won't allow them in the living room. So there they are in the office, tucked away. <laughs> <laughs> Once you can see them, that's the most important thing. That's it. I like to look at them every day. I'm kidding. I <laughs> know, <laughs> oh, this is good. This is good. So with, with the book, so what's the actual plan? Uh, how are you actually going to be promoting it? Because as part of, I think, like not only the speaking, but marketing as well. So marketing yourself. So have you a plan for getting more people to, to, to see your book? Yeah, I mean, the marketing's, I won't say it's done, but most of it, the big surge has already taken place. So the book came out, um, near the start of September, and I was marketing through video content. I create lots of videos about the book. I was also doing a vlog. So from June till literally last week, I was doing an episode every week in terms of where we were getting with the book. And I should mention that the, the book is kind of a side piece. It's more about the audiobook for me. Um, it's all, I've always wanted it to be an audiobook. And so it was, the blog was called From Idea to audiobook. So every week I was doing an update. And if you go back, you'll see me recording the audiobook. You'll see me, um, what else am I doing? I'm doing webinars for the audiobook. I'm planning the audiobook. You'll see all, the whole journey from literally the idea to it getting launched and going on Amazon. And at one point it was third in the world in the public speaking category, which was not bad, just behind the, the TED books. Um, so that was a good place to end, end the vlog. Oh, excellent. And regarding the audio, did you do it in a studio or did you just do it uh, at home on the, your recording there? No, I did it on, in a studio. So I had a guy called Greg Freel. He's got a studio here in Glasgow. And we had, we had a lot of fun um, doing the recordings. I learned that there's a lot of words in English which I do not say very well. You know, um, so I, I went, walked away with a lot to think about in terms of how I speak being the speaker coach, which was quite ironic, I thought. <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. A lot of the times people don't understand what I'm saying in you know, certain words. And when, when you're, because I'm planning on actually doing the same, uh, doing a, oh, the, of the book, doing the, the audio version is it, what, what tips would you say? Bar, bar trying to, that we start speaking properly, but I think the, the Irish and the Scottish, we're not going to change at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the personality. Exactly. What I would say, Roy, is manage your expectations a little bit, not in a negative way, but more in a positive way. So, you, I went into this experience thinking, right, I'll just be able to, to read this out in you know, a few hours and then that'll be it done. You know, that was what I went in thinking, but it's not the case. What you're going to have to do is say a sentence and then stop. And then the guy's going to have to listen to that back, make sure everything was said correctly, and then go forward from there. Are you still there, Roy? I think you froze. Yeah, you froze there for a second. Yeah. Oh, we're back, are we? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, because you had your eyes shut. I wondered if you'd fallen asleep oh there. I was like, that's a bit concerning. It, it was actually the, the same for me on your side. So you're right. 
basically what I was saying was it's a, it's a much longer process than you anticipate. You have to stop and start all the time for each sentence if you're doing it properly, because every, every word needs to be reviewed, that you're pronouncing it correctly. So it can be long days, you know, um, and it's important to take breaks in there too. So I would just go in with that knowledge, knowing that you're not just going to bang it out in one shot. I don't think Stephen Fry even does that. It's probably going to take a lot longer, but it'll be worthwhile in the end. Okay. No, excellent advice. Perfect. So you're doing coaching as well, yes? Yeah. Yeah. So public speaking coaching and with teams, people on a one-to-one basis as well, just making sure they're getting results from their presentations. And just regarding the coaching, because like some people aspire to be a coach or Mm. some people are looking for a coach. So what, what tips and tricks would you give us on that one? On how to be a coach or... or yeah, I suppose way. how to be a coach first and then how you coach the person that we can go into that later. Sure. I think, I think a good coach, what they do is they listen very well, right? They listen to exactly what their, their client wants. So some people approach me and they want to win a tender, win a pitch, right? Mm. That they're presenting to win a sum of money. Other people have got a message that they just want to get out there. For instance, I've been working lately with a dream therapist and she, her whole thing is to get people to come on a course so that she can inspire them to do more lucid dreaming and start to tap into their subconscious so they can influence their life in a positive way. So that's her, her uh, drive, her inspiration, whereas someone else might be very different. And it's all about listening to make sure that what the plan you create with a client is in alignment with what that person inspires and, and has a desire to achieve. So I think that's the key thing. You've got to listen very well and then you've got to be constructive with your feedback. It's just like in Toastmasters, you can't tell someone you're crap. You've got to, you've got to show them a way that they can move forward positively and highlight what they're doing well because everyone does something well at the end of the day. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And uh, do you do some keynotes? Are you doing keynotes as well? I, yeah, I was doing some keynotes, but then all of this happened and not many audiences in person anymore or well, zero audiences in person, actually. So it's all online, but I am doing some virtual keynotes, virtual events, but not as much as, say, the team training that I do and the one-to-one training as well. But yes, would love to speak at more conferences if possible going forward. That's 2021 goal, right? Yeah. And when you're doing like say a keynote online, I mean, it's difficult because obviously when you're there with the audience, have you any tips for people that are, because I I know that a lot of people, their whole livelihood has just disappeared overnight and, you know, they need to reevaluate the game basically. So is there any tips that you could give people on that one? Yeah. So when it comes to presenting online, I think a key thing is your setup. You want to make sure you don't have too much clutter in your setup or that you've got some interesting things for people to look at because ultimately they're going to check out your background. People are nosy. You know what I mean? And Roy's done a great job there because we've got nothing to look at but him. (laughs) But if you want to, you can have things in your background as well, which will draw the eye. When it comes to talking online, you got to make sure you're looking at the camera. The biggest pandemic out there alongside coronavirus is people looking at their screen instead of the camera like I'm doing right now. And as you can see, Roy, I'm now not looking at you, which is not good at all, right? So you need to be looking at the camera and you can do things like take a little yellow sticky with a smiley face, stick that above your camera, will draw your eye up there or, you know, put your favorite celebrity behind your camera, whatever it takes to draw your attention. 
And the other thing I would suggest when presenting online is that you need to make sure that you keep your window very active. And your window's literally what your camera is able to capture. So you can do that with gestures. You can do that by having little signs. Sometimes I don't have one nearby, but sometimes I have little prop signs, which I show if I'm making a key point. And um, you can also use your PowerPoint as well, but hop in and out of that. The key is to keep the screen as active as you possibly can. So those are a couple of things to consider. Perfect, perfect. I suppose I, I should stop looking at you now and look at my camera and take <laughs> heed your advice. So <laughs> the next thing, I see you have a lot of the videos. I mean, you mentioned it that you were putting them up prior to this for the book launch and everything. So you have obviously, you know, they look very professional. So you might tell people how you've actually, you know, improved your skills in that level. In terms of the video editing side of things, or just both, like like, yeah, the, what you're uploading, you know. So I mean, you know, you have a. It's not that you're just doing a quick video and putting it up. You're doing it very professionally. So you might just tell people what you're actually doing to make them. Yeah, yeah, not better than my ones. I mean, that's developed. That's developed over time. I wouldn't put yourself down like that, Roy. I haven't, I haven't checked out your videos yet, but I'm sure there's some crackers there. So I started creating videos in my car. Um, so I didn't start in a, a professional place at all. But you just learn the more you practice at it. You learn how to engage with the camera more. You learn what gets people interested. And in terms of making it look more professional, that really comes down to the setup. So you have to make sure you've got some good lighting in place. I would check something out called a three-point lighting system. It's basically when you've got three lights in your room. So right now, I've got one light to my right um, on your screen, I think. And this is my secondary light. I've got another right, uh, light to my left. So I've got two light sources coming this way to illuminate me well. And then I've also got my room light as well from behind. And that can make a big difference in terms of how you're coming across. Also thinking about sound quality. If you're on your phone, that's fine. These microphones are pretty good. If you're on your computer, I would look to upgrade um, your sound system because they tend to be a bit crackly or sometimes you sound like you're getting dragged underwater, which is not, not a good sound at all. And so I've got this right here. It's, it's a Yeti, a blue Yeti. That helps me a lot when creating the videos. And I've also got a HD webcam as well, which makes a big difference with the picture quality. In fact, if I was to pick anything out, if you're doing videos on your computer, make sure you're filming them on HD with a webcam or if you've got a tripod, your camera will do the job as well. Yeah, no, because I can actually see the quality of your picture and it's perfect. Like, it's really good, yeah. And I actually use this as my green screen, but for some reason, it just, there's times it starts flickering and I don't know why. Other, other times they're perfect. So when I, prior to the call, it started flickering again and I play with the lights and everything, but I'm after ordering one of these circle rings because I know if that goes behind, that's going to give a better uh, kind right. of so, but, uh yeah, no. Is this for the virtual backgrounds? Is that what we're... Yeah, yeah. We're so, yeah, mm -hmm. I can... Uh, I mean, as we're speaking there now, I'll, um, I'll just chuck one on and uh, it seems oh, okay I... there now. But this time, like earlier, it was flickering. And if we're having a conversation... Like, so because it's a green screen, my hand doesn't disappear. But yeah. there's times it just goes black at either there or there. And I don't know why. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. When, you're, when you've got a, a virtual background, you're kind of adding another element into it, which could potentially go wrong. Exactly. I mean, if you think about it, there's a lot of risks to presenting online. Your internet could go, right? And then yeah. that's you completely cut off. So it's kind of more adding more things for you to think about, which is sometimes not the best. But if you do have a green screen, I think you should be 
should be good. If you want to have a virtual background, get a green screen like Roy. Yeah, um, Roy yeah. will give you a promo code, I'm sure. <laughs> 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 so with the with the speaking because you're you know you you said that you're doing the humor speech and the normal speech as well how do you prepare your speeches yeah so preparation a few different things i do first thing i do and contest speech are very different to you know real life speeches okay yeah. a contest speech you've got a very limited period of time you've got seven minutes so that means you really have to write it out to make sure that you're in that time frame, So it's all about writing it out, refining it and developing it from there. If I'm doing a webinar, for instance, and I'm planning that, I'll create a very basic plan, just bullet points, headings, the key points, the key checkpoints I want to cover. And um, so it really depends what presentation I'm doing. But the key thing that you must do is practice, right? And I have not found a way around that. And trust me, Roy, I hate practicing. I really do hate sitting down here, looking at this webcam with no one else looking back at me and running through my presentation. But it's what I've got to do to get better at it, for it to get into my head so that I know what's coming up next. You know, the worst thing is when, uh, when you see a speaker stumble, when they're not sure what they're, what they're meant to go on to next and they're frantically looking at their slides, that's terrible. I never get myself in that situation because I practice excessively beforehand you know mm. so that's one of the key things what you can do on zoom as well and this is very powerful is record yourself yeah. so right now roy's recording this but you can set up a, a zoom meeting on your own like i do often a bit of self-isolation on zoom and you can record you doing your speech and then watch it back and then that will highlight what you can potentially improve and change and also what you're doing well too and the last thing I would suggest for those who are really serious about preparing for a speech, an important speech, is test that speech out with other people. So that might be a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a family member, a work colleague, or maybe a, a different audience. So sometimes if I'm doing a contest speech at Toastmasters, I'll go around some different clubs and do my speech there and get some feedback from that and get a real life audience reaction to it before it comes to the big day itself. So those are the four things I'd really say. First, you got to plan it out with the writing it out or, or doing bullet points. Then you got to practice, record, and then finally get some feedback from someone else on your speech. And then you should be good to go. No, excellent. That's brilliant. Listen, Kyle, really appreciate all the tips and tricks that you've been given. How can people get in contact with you? They can get in contact with me through my website. It's confidencebydesign.co.uk. All the information about the, well, the book, um, all my services, everything else is there. Also connect with me on LinkedIn or follow me on YouTube. If you just type in Kyle Murter, thankfully there's not a lot of Murters out there making videos. So you should be able to get me pretty quick by doing that. I'll make sure that I put all the, the links on the podcast description. So it'll be on the podcast and also on the YouTube channel. So you'll be able to find Kyle on that. So thank you very much, Kyle, for being on the show. No, thank you, Roy. Appreciate it. Thanks for introducing us to your green screen and go have a good fun uh, swimming in that sea, okay? I will. <laughs> so, that's all for the Speaking Podcast. You'll find all the episodes on speakingpodcast.com. You'll also find us on BitChute and YouTube. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and share with your friends. Until next week, take care.